Welcome to the Rock of Bay County, Florida, where our vision is to be a multi-generational gathering, moving as one body to bring the glory of Yahweh to this beautiful county and to all the earth. We hope you are encouraged and blessed as you listen to this message. I don't intend to really speak very long. What I really want to get to this afternoon or this morning is I want to, uh, I want to spend some time I feel like this is what Holy Spirit has has spoken to me. I I feel like we need to spend some time as a tribe joining together to pray over, to intercede for this country. As we enter into a a very pivotal week, um, and this is not, we're we're not, if anybody feels any kind of prophetic anointing to speak over one candidate in the sense of that we're leaning towards. That's not what this is about. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the glory of the Lord covering this county, covering this nation that we start to get filled with the presence of him. I'm not up here to speak over a candidate, though I am going to pray over the candidates. I'm going to speak over them. I want us to prophesy over them and intercede, but I want us to intercede that this will be a nation, that this is a nation, not just under God, but in the presence of God. That he is pulsing through us, that he's going to start to do some things that we, no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor entered into our hearts. The plans he has for this country, I believe, and this globe. And so he loved this world so much that he gave his only son, that he gave this earth. We're not going away. He cares for it more than we could. And, and I just, I feel like what we're moving into is this, uh, outside of this me consciousness, this me mentality and what he can do for me. And as spiritually mature sons, we're turning to be in this vessel mentality. It's what I, it's what I feel like. I, I kind of get frustrated with Holy Spirit <laughs> on Sunday mornings. I'll be honest with you. There's, I, 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 as a, I believe it's a, it's something I'm called to do is to, is to steward his words to me throughout the week. And I spend many hours, uh, studying and and pouring over the words that he gives me. He typically only gives me a word or a phrase and then goes, go for it. (laughs) And, uh, and so I, so I spend a lot of time. There's time, there's time. I mean, I'm, I'm not one that's pulled away from my family, but there are times that, that, you know, I feel led to go sit down and study. And thankfully I have a helpmate, a wife that is, that is, is, there in my corner and recognizes the call and she's able to, to just freely let me go without any burden on me. So I, so I, I'm thankful for her, but, and I go and I I study these things and the whole idea is not so that I, I, uh, I'm not led by Holy Spirit. I know there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of preachers that believe I'm not going to have notes because I want Holy Spirit to just be able to flow freely through me. I do too but I believe it's the, it's the stewardship that I put over the words he speaks through me Monday through Saturday that gives me the freedom to say whatever, however, whenever on, on Sunday. And so the problem with that is he does do that. He, he jumps on on a Sunday and he wakes me up with, with a phrase that is kind of completely different than what I thought I was going to speak on or what I was going to say, but it always ties in too. But I woke up this morning with this phrase. Open the eyes of my heart, my heart, Lord. I, I, I feel it so strong when I even say it, but open the eyes of my heart. And I feel like this is what he's putting on this tribe this morning. As we enter into a, I believe, a day of intercession, 
a morning of intercession, kingdom business on the behalf of this country and, and, and some of the things that we're experiencing, I, I believe what he's saying is open the eyes of this heart. This phrase comes from Ephesians where Paul is talking to the church of Ephesus and he's, he's actually writing a letter to them and he says that this is my prayer for you that, that Holy Spirit would open the eyes of your heart, that he would enlighten the eyes of your heart so that you may know the hope that you're called to. And we know what hope is around here, right? What is it? That's right. A joyful expectation for good. So what is he doing this morning? I believe what he wants to do is open the eyes of our heart. Once again, open up the eyes of our heart to see with eyes of expectation for good. Not, not results. Listen to me. Not results. We're not coming up here to pray for Donald Trump to take his place as the president of the United States or pray for Joe Biden to take his place as the president of the United States. If you feel a call to do that, do it. That's fine on your own time. But right now, today, I'm speaking. I have higher calls than that, right? Like I have... I believe that there's Malkut, that there's the kingdom of Yahweh. It's the sovereignty of God. And I don't, I don't have hope in a political system. The kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. That's my call. It's on earth as it is in heaven. Yeshua didn't come to, to, to sit here and to, to strengthen our beliefs or our leans. He came to change the way that we think. He came to open the eyes of our heart. To not see with these eyes, but to see with these eyes. The innermost being of who we are. Over the past few weeks, I've spoken since the baptism about Yeshua being baptized. And when he came out and fulfilling Isaiah's scripture, he gets up and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. That, that term of anointing is, is, is something of, of what we would call qualification. It is the activator of authority. You know, we do the, the whole like dab you with a little essential oil and we're good. I, I don't know uh, how many people used to go to youth camp back in, back in the day in this place, but some of the youth are laughing already. They did this thing that was more like biblical anointing. And we'd have these big Cisco trucks drive up and they would deliver these big industrial size things of olive oil and stuff that we needed to cook. And, uh, <laughs> and she would come in and just have an anointing party and she would come up to somebody and she would dunk the whole thing over the top of them. She would just, from head to toe, you would be covered in olive oil. I know it's disgusting to think of. But this was actually a biblical anointing. It's when David is approached by Samuel and everybody else has disqualified him and forgotten about him. And he goes up with that horn of oil and he dunks it completely over him. It means that he is completely, it doesn't matter that he's not activating it. He doesn't activate that rulership until like seven and a half years later. But in that moment, Yahweh, Abba, gave him all authority as a king. And I believe that what Yeshua is saying is, I've been, I've been anointed not by man, but by the spirit of the Lord that is upon me. And when I was dunked into that water and when I came up, there was a beloved identity that came to me and a Holy Spirit that rested on my shoulder like a dove. 
And he says, this spirit is upon me and he's anointing me. And this is what he's anointing me to do. He wants me to bring good news to the poor. This isn't those that aren't wealthy. This is those that are brokenhearted, those that are lowly. He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, to free the prisoners, to proclaim freedom to the prisoners, to restore sight to the blind, to bring liberty to the oppressed, and to declare the, the, the year of the Lord's favor. There's one of those to me that sticks out this morning. If you can go along with the theme, open the eyes of my heart, Lord. And it's funny how this restore sight to the blind is just placed in there among freeing. Free the oppressed, freedom to the prisoners, and restore sight to the blind. Yeshua performed a lot of miracles, and there was actual healing of the blind eyes, but, but this is thrown in. And what he, I am here to, a, to heal those that are, that are blind, to restore sight to the blind. The meaning to restore sight to the blind, the actual translation means to release the blind from darkness. So when we hear that, we think, okay, well, he's going to do a bunch of miracles and he'll heal the blind. He's fulfilling that prophecy as he goes through. But you understand what he's actually talking about is not, he's talking about freeing the mind and opening the heart which is the whole process. We, it's not that the mind isn't important. The mind is vital. Yahweh put it in us, but it's meant to work for us and not against us. And if you ever get it out of place with the heart, if you ever, the priority list gets messed up and you lead from the head and not from the heart as a kingdom son, you'll live in confusion forever. And it will always work against you. And so what he's saying here is he's saying, I, I've come to release, to free those that are blind and cannot see the light that they were meant to dwell in. Release them from darkness. It's all about freedom, but freedom from the mind. I want to read out of Matthew. Y'all be surprised today. I'm going to read out of the New King James Version. I know, I know, miracles do happen. Uh, Matthew 6 And I'm going to start in verse 19. All right. Matthew 6, 19. You there? It says, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This, this, this scripture here is not talking about the mind, and it's not really even talking about financial wealth. It's talking about the heart. It's talking about the way you see the sovereignty of Yahweh, the way you see his complete rule over every situation. And this awesome 
which we know this is the revelation of Abba, that we have this amazing Yahweh God. All the gold and the silver is his. There's nothing that we have to worry about. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things, through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving in your heart, make your requests known unto Yahweh, and the peace that passes understanding his peace will guard your heart and your mind. But it says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And we're not talking about heaven. We're talking about on earth as it is in heaven. That this is the heavenly realm that we're meant to have access to. And I'll tell you, there's such a, there's such a heart tie to your treasure, your financial treasure. And it is, it is uncanny in the short amount of time that I've been here, and I, I've said this many times, but I don't, I don't look at the uh, finances as far as uh, who is tithed, who's giving, who's, I'm, that's not my thing because I want to see you how I'm meant to see you and walk in that. If you're going to walk in leadership, it's a different deal. But it's, it's, it's funny to me how the people that end up pulling their tithe, they've stopped giving into this house, they're led away. People that say, I will never, I'm here with you. I'm, I'm walking with this tribe. That's where I'm supposed to be. But where your treasure is, your heart is. And if your treasure's not in something but yourself, you're just, you're just, it's all a me mentality. There's such a tie to being able to give and to honor. And I'm so thankful. Thank you so much that you've put treasure in us. And I'm that's, that's incredible. I can't, I really genuinely can't believe it. But this, this idea, but where your treasure is, your heart is. I always say that giving your tithe and giving your author, offering is, is like a casting of the crown. That's how I always see it. Every time we write a check and we put it in, it's a casting of the crown saying that my treasure lies within the kingdom of Yahweh. I trust him completely. I give everything to him. And I, this, is a, this is a perspective from the heart. This is a heart perspective, seeing things from, the king, from kingdom eyes, heart eyes. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. The other uh, translation, I think King, king James Version says, if your eye is single, your body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. This is where I'm, where I'm getting to today and where I believe Yahweh is trying to open the eyes of our heart is we cannot serve two masters. I think in this day, if you are fearful of what's to come this week, if you are fearful about how it's going to affect you financially, if you're worried about how it's going to affect your city or the cities in this country, if you're worried about anything, you're serving two masters. He has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of sound mind. We have to completely, unabandonedly trust Yahweh, trust Abba. This is what he always tells us. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All of these other things will be added to you. Don't worry about those things. No one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other 
or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, which is the uh, financial, um, it's wealth. It's, it's, the, it's putting your trust in something that is worldly. Can't do both. Eva had this uh, revelation in the baptism when we, when we recently did it. She kind of had struggled with this idea of like, you know, I, I, you know, I want to support what Mark is feeling in his spirit, but at the same time, I want Holy Spirit to give me my revelation. I want, I want to know why am I doing this? What is, what's the word to me and why am I getting baptized into this whole thing? And, and the word that came to her is that you're being baptized into the nature of Yahweh into him as Abba. That, that's, the, that's what you're being called to. That's why, Eva, I need you to be baptized into selling out complete, completely to the nature and the, the power of Yahweh, of Abba, his goodness, knowing that God is good. That is, that it's the most simple phrase that, w- that should guide our entire lives. It should be the basis of all of our theology. It should be the basis of how we see the kingdom is that God is good. He gives and he takes away. Well, if, if he's giving, it's good. And if he's taking away, it's good. It's not meant, that's not meant to, to, to cause this superstitious thing of, well, things are really good. I better expect things to get bad here in a little bit because he gives and he takes away. No, his glory is ever increasing and so is his goodness. That he is, he is an ever-increasing, everlasting, ev- from glory to glory, from faith to faith. It's what we're meant to walk in as people. And I'm telling you that today is a glory, tomorrow is a glory, November 3rd is going to be a glory. No matter if your candidate wins or he doesn't. Because Yahweh, Abba, Almighty God is seated on the throne on November 3rd, November 4th, November 5th, and all the days to follow. And he is good. And his mercies endure forever. But Eva had this, this, this revelation of being baptized into the nature of Yahweh. And I've, I've had this thing on my heart about water and living waters. And, and the, I found in studying this that in Jeremiah two times, Yahweh refers to himself as the spring of living water. In both instances, it has to do when the Israelites have basically uh, built cisterns. Cisterns are reservoirs. They can hold just a couple liters of water or they can hold large amounts of water meant to be able to to give water to cities. And they're usually rain-fed. And it's just a matter that the idea is that what they do is they, they collect water and they have water on hand in case, just in case they don't get a rain, just in case God doesn't bless their land. They have these cisterns and he's telling them, I am the, I am the spring of life. I, that's who I am. I think it's so significant that we were baptized in Henry and Caroline's land and that is fed by seven springs, correct? Seven springs, which is the word, the number seven. I'm not a numbers person, but it means complete. That was completely spring fed. And so there's this baptism into the nature and the goodness of Yahweh. It's a, it's a different mentality shifting from having to preserve. And I, this is what I, I believe Yahweh is speaking about this day is, 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 is get rid of the cisterns. 
if you are opening the eyes of your heart, if you are seeing him as who he is, I want to get into the rest of Ephesians and it, and it makes a little more sense of what he's talking about when he, Paul says, open the eyes <clears throat> of your heart. But, but this, this idea of, of ridding the cisterns, selling out completely into the nature of Abba Father. That's what he's doing in this house, that we're being led by the Spirit. All, all the times that Yeshua talks about how much more it's important it is to give everything away. You would be better off to give everything away. The, the rich young ruler, the poor young slave that could not enter the kingdom because he wasn't willing to give it all up. It's not about wealth. Yahweh wants us to walk in wealth and prosperity, that we're supposed to be the example, that we're the head and not the tail, that we're above and not beneath. We're not supposed to be poor, lonely little people that just, oh, if we could just have some crumbs. It's not that. We're supposed to be rulers in this land and we're supposed to be, I believe, financially well off. I believe that there's supposed to be prosperity in everything that we do. But we have to, if we're ever going to walk in that, we have to first rid our cisterns and say, if it's the last dime I have, but he tells me to give it, that's what I'm going to do. If Holy Spirit leads me to see, we've got to steward the presence. The, 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 the old day, this is the, here's, the, here's a picture I've been getting is the, the Egyptians... Uh, when, when the Israelites were led out of Egypt and going to their promised land in Canaan, one of the big things that stuck out to them was the fact that how were they going to receive water? Because in that time, they, they, could, they had to work to get their water. They went to the wells and they pulled them up and they were able to get water. Now, what happens when all of these people are led across this desert, traveling to a land that's supposed to be flowing with milk and honey and there's supposed to be water and Yahweh's saying, leave it all behind and trust me. I will, I will feed you and I will give you water. But you're going to have to be willing to let go. I will make water come out of a rock. But there's going to have to be this mentality shift that says, I'm leaving what I've always known in order to step into the fullness of what he wants for me. And I believe that right now there's such a need for trust. It's what he's telling me. Open the eyes of your heart and see what he's doing. He has plans for us that are so much higher than we could ever, we could ever pay for. It was a cistern in the story when the Samaritan woman at Jacob's well was considered a cistern. And Yeshua says, anybody that thirsts, come to me and I will give them rivers of living water. They'll never thirst again. It was also uh, at the, at, in John 7 when, he, uh, when Yeshua stands up and he's in the, the Feast of Tabernacles, which was actually, it's interesting, the last day when he gets up and makes his statement, when he, with a loud voice he says, Come to me, all who are thirsty. Come to me, all who are thirsty. For those that believe in me, as the scripture said, out of their innermost being will flow rivers of living water. It's actually that last day of that feast that they pray for rain. That they pray that God would give them rain for that, that season. They, they live in this idea of fear that they have to do these rituals. They have to do these things at the Feast of Tabernacle, Tabernacles so that when they come into that calling for rain, that God will bless them in that. And Yeshua stands up in a loud voice. Enter, just, just get the picture being there. You're here for one reason. 
In fact, there's a lot of people at this festival, this feast that question Jesus altogether and who he is and what he's there for. And he stands up and he says, come to me all who are thirsty. Come to me all who are thirsty and out of your innermost being, your heart will flow rivers of living water. At At the last day when Yeshua is on the cross, one of his last words he says is, I thirst. There is such a need for us to be thirsty to to start to steward, steward the thirst within us, to start to steward the presence of Yahweh within us. In a past age, it was all about stewardship of uh, physical things, about your finances and, and taking care and making sure you're a good steward over the things Yahweh has given you. Those principles are true today. But I'm telling you now, Yahweh is shifting us into a place of stewarding a thirst, of stewarding a flame, of being able to say, I know I felt it Sunday morning. Well, when I wake up Monday, I'm here to steward that flame. I'm here to steward a thirst. When he dies on that cross, he's saying, I thirst. I thirst. Even in the end, I thirst. And what happens is Holy Spirit, he did that whole thing so that we could be filled with rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. We are called to be apostolic transformers not one man thank God for the one man who was the apostle and father that brought us to this place that we were equipped as saints but I'm telling you now what we're called to do as an apostolic house carrying an apostolic anointing is shift the culture around us beware of anybody that calls himself an apostle and you don't see any culture shifting around them that comes from the Romans. When in Rome, do as the Romans do. They would send these people in front of them whenever they would conquer cities. They would come in on horses and they would have people that were trained in, uh, in, in their language in their, as chefs, not food people. They were trained as chefs. They were, they were trained as, as, as the culture of the Romans. And they would come in and they would, they would teach the, the people that made it through that conquering. They would teach them about the culture of Roman rule. And they would become Romans as well. And so when Yeshua tells his disciples, he starts calling them apostles. What he's saying is, I need you to start to change the culture around you. And you need to shift this culture of the world into the culture of the kingdom. He's giving them the apostolic anointing. And the chief apostle now resides within us, within our hearts. And if we're not thirsty, I'm telling you, you're, you're thirsty for something. I promise you today, if you're not thirsty for the kingdom, if you're not thirsty for Yahweh, Abba, Almighty God, if you're not thirsty for his presence, it's because you are drinking from a wrong well. He's not going to fill something that's already filled. I can't tell you how many times in my own life where I feel like this, this block of flow. Like I can't, I can't, what? It's just not coming out. What's, what's happening? And if I go back and just retrace my steps, there's always a time where I've opened up this, this, this reservoir to something else that I'm drinking from. And it's, it has nothing to do with now you're in trouble. It just has to do with like, I want you to be thirsty again. That's it. I, I, I just want you to be thirsty again. So I'm just going to wait and just speak little things into your ear until you shut that reservoir off. And as soon as you do, I'm telling you, I'm going to hit you. And out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. 
So this morning, I'm shutting off. I just see this, prophetically, I just see this valve of the political system, and I'm shutting that thing off to this house. I'm shutting this thing completely off. This house was meant to be filled with living waters. It was meant to flow and change the culture around us. It was never meant to stand for a one man or one political party. I'm not speaking against the morals of those parties. I'm not speaking against you having a lean. That's fine. I say this all the time, but as an American, please go vote. Make your voice heard. It's a right in the Constitution. Go in there and vote and do your duty as an American. But as soon as you get done with that, remember that you're not a citizen of the United States. You're a citizen of the kingdom. And that president doesn't change. And your call does not change, no matter who's in office. And stop waiting for things to get good and to, to, to just believe what you believe and, to, and things to just be perfectly lined up. And then we'll say, oh, now the glory of Yahweh has hit. No, the glory of Yahweh is here now. And the glory of Yahweh will be there tomorrow. But it's coming through us. Lift up your heads, oh, you gates. And be lifted up, you everlasting doors. For the kingdom, king of glory wants to come through you. There's a lot of things he can do for us. And that's great. And I, I can do a lot of things for my kids. I love, I love when they need me. I do. I, and Yahweh loves, Abba loves to, to answer our needs. But there's nothing like something that you've taught them and something that you've put in them and seeing them walk in that authority and know that they can do it themselves, that they have everything that they need. Start to see yourself as he sees you. Cultural transformation. Your life is not your own. When you step into Chili's, there you go, Chili's today. Your life is not your own. We are moving past a me mentality into a vessel mentality. Let this flow through you. Thirst, rivers of living water. Thirst, rivers of living water. Thirst, rivers of living water. There has to be a thirst if there's going to be rivers of living water. And it's funny, it comes out of the heart. There's four chambers of the heart and there's four rivers flowing out of Eden. He does things to show us some stuff. We're to tap into Eden and that four rivers should flow out of us into the culture around us. I fully believe that. Thirst, rivers, thirst, rivers, thirst, rivers, cistern, just in case, rivers, no. It will, it will not take place. I've tested it. And every moment that you step back and go, well, how is this going to work out? And maybe I need to pull some money and, and make sure I, you know, pad my cistern. Or I, I can't give that amount right now. I, can't, I know you're telling me that this person walking here that I'm supposed to bless them with that. But, you know, let's wait until after the election. <laughs> so I know where I stand. Or you do those things like this is one of those things of being led by Holy Spirit. He's like the wind and you need to activate when you hear. Don't give your mind time to, to see. You got to see with the heart. 
So when Holy Spirit moves and there's a river flowing through you and he tells you to act and to activate and to do things, do them. Because I promise you, if you sit back and you reason it, it'll go away. It's like I told you when we were going to get baptized. If this right now, this feeling you have right now is within you and saying yes, write yes down on that piece of paper and get baptized. Because if you wait until tomorrow, if you wait until the next day, if you wait until the next day, I promise you your mind will go, you know what, you've been baptized before. And this really doesn't make sense. All up until that moment when you get baptized and you say, thank God that Holy Spirit led me to do this. And I said, yes. It's a start, Alicia, right? It's a start. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. They're small, but they're beginnings. So if you were baptized and you're like, well, what happened? Something, it's impossible to pray and nothing happened. It's impossible to trust Holy Spirit and nothing happened. It might just be a start. It might just be a trickle, but I promise you that if you are thirsting, rivers of living water are gonna start to flood through this people and through this house. Amen? Activators of the kingdom, act. Act. Let's read Ephesians real quick. This is Ephesians 1, verse 15. Remember, Paul is writing this letter to the church of Ephesus. And he speaks these words. It says, because of this, this is out of the Passion Translation, by the way, we're back. Um, Because of this, since I first heard about your strong faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your tender love towards all his, his devoted ones, my heart is always full and overflowing with thanks to God for you as I constantly remember you in my prayers. I pray the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation. Hear this now. He says, the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the riches of the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. I think, it, I think you're the one that talked to me about how we're, as leaders, as, as pastors, we have to come into a place of needing revelation for ourselves, not for a message. So true. Because as Paul says, that revelation and, and all of these, this wisdom that we think we're, we're, we're going to change everything, we're going to do something with, with this revelation, we immediately need to speak it. No, he wants you to let it become life to you. He wants this, this revelation to deepen your intimacy with him. And that's what he's praying for them, is that you would have wisdom, that you would have revelation, so that you could preach the greatest message in the world. No, so that you could become more intimate with the Father. And as he starts to reveal who he is to you, as you start to, what's the point of reading this Bible? What's the point of praying in the Spirit? What's the point of, of being silent and sitting in the presence of the Lord? It's that you can become more intimate with him, that you can become filled with him. Bill Johnson says, Ben, you might have to help me with this. He said something along the lines that this might not have been his quote, but I heard him say it. Do 
the things you do in secret, he's talking about the secret place, the things that you do in secret when no one's watching. Okay, this is what it was. He says that if you will take the secret place when no one's watching and devote it to me, I will put you in high places when everyone is watching. It's not something that you have to do. He said it way more eloquently than that, but you know what I'm saying. It's right in there. It's in that realm. You got it. Make it up in your head. Go look it up, and you'll just be like, oh, yeah, that's what Mark said. <clears throat> but if you will in secret not have an ulterior motive, if, you, if that I be single, if you're worried about the illumination within yourself and your own spirit, if you can just worry about opening the eyes of your heart and him filling you up, He'll take care of the rest, and it'll just be a river that flows. The river does not try to flow. The river flows. So verse 17 says, I pray the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination. This is open the eyes of my heart. Open the eyes of your heart. I love how it says it here in the Passion Translation. He says, the eyes of your imagination. Above all else, guard your heart for everything that you do flows from it. Everything, your imagination, the way you think, your thoughts, your actions, all of that flows through the heart, the innermost being of the man. Flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance, inherit, inheritances that he finds in us, his holy ones. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. The immeasurable greatness of God's power. Then your lives will be an advertisement of the immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. It's the same spirit that brought Christ from the dead now resides within your mortal bodies, that that's today, that we walk in power. Don't, it, it's, it's, a, it's a matter of the one thing, being filled with the one thing and focus on the one thing, but just know that you can expect that power is gonna come out of you. It's what we are designed to do. It's what we are anointed to do. Why is it so important that we know about Christ's anointing, what he was anointed to do? Because he dwells within your heart and it's all fun and games until he says, I'm the son of man. Till he comes as God, as a man here on earth, that he, he gives up his right to just be this heavenly being and he becomes a man and he starts to be an example of what we were supposed to walk in. Religion has gotten us so far away from that, but I believe the ship has turned. I believe that we're heading back into the glory through being focused on one thing, on that path, that he's gonna bring us into a a power that we've never seen, that we've never known. It's meant to be. It's how we we were created and designed that that power flows through us. But it's not the focus on the power. Twenty-one says, and now he is exalted as first above every ruler. Listen to this. And now he is exalted as first above every ruler, authority, government, and realm of power in existence. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that has ever 
praised. Now, Paul goes ahead and puts this in here because he knows that some of us people will be like, well, that was biblical. That was back in the day cafe. That was not about us today. That was the rulers of that day, Yahweh ruled. But he says this, he says, not only in this age, but in the age that is coming. So when does he reign? Today, tomorrow, forever. He did back then and he does today. He will in the next election. He will in the next election. But see, so many of us want to take the responsibility that we're supposed to walk in. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. We want to take that responsibility and put it on, a, on politics and say that if this falls into place, then the glory of the Lord will come. Now, Yahweh uses people. He uses men. But what about if he uses a tribe? What about if there's a bunch of people that are standing in intercession on a day on Sunday and instead of just needing to hear worship music and a message, all those things are great, but they can stand as one in intercession and speak over the glory of Yahweh coming to this nation. Not just one man, but this nation that he starts to change the way we think. Say, I think. Not because we're in church service tomorrow or today and we, we have it all figured out. I, I want today that my, mind, my mentality, I want to wake up and say, yeah, you're not going to speak about that today. Open the eyes of my heart. That's what you need to speak about. And I just want you to get up there and just flow with the Holy Spirit. It's not going to be all tidy and neat and the podcast might be crazy, but that's not what I have you here for. It's not about the words you say, it's about the presence you carry. And today, I'm telling you that it's about the presence we carry. It's about stewarding that flame in this house. It's about stewarding that flame within this tribe that that out of our innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But it first starts with those that are thirsty. And I believe that this house is a house of people that are thirsty. I said, I believe this house is a people that is thirsty. That is thirsty. Sometimes we need to let an outward expression of that thirst come out. We were designed for fields, not cages. We need to get a little bit more wild in here. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever praised, not only in this age, but in the age that is coming. And he alone is the leader and source of everything needed in the church. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ, and he has given him the highest rank above all others. How many times does he have to say it? How many times do you need to say it to yourself? For me, it's often. Every time I open up another cistern, it's time for me to say, he, he, he's my source. He's my source. He's my source. And now we, his church, are his body on the earth. And that which fills him, who is being filled by it. And now we, his church, are his body on the earth. And that which fills him who is being filled by it. The same spirit that filled him is filling us. 
And it's not a one-time thing. In Acts 2, they are filled with the presence of Holy Spirit. In Acts 4, they're calling for the presence of Holy Spirit to come upon them once again. There has to be a thirsting. There has to be, man, that was good. I'm thirsty again. This has got to be a Sunday morning where I give you a little marrow for a taste of the wild. That you go out and become the hunters, the seekers. The seekers. Those who thirst. Those that want to fan their flame. The same wind that'll put out a little match will actually stoke the flame of somebody that's, that's stewarded theirs. A bigger flame, that same wind will start to increase those flames. But if you're okay with just the little match that you burned, I, I was, when I struck it, it was pretty bright there for a second, and now it's out. Anything that happens, anything that blows by you, even, I'll tell you this, even the, the moving of Holy Spirit will put your flame out. He is like the wind. And I'm telling you that when he blows on a situation, if it'll, it'll, you'll be that, that, that one who's just controlled by their mind and sits over there with their little flame and says, I love Jesus. I'm, just, I'm here in church. I'm, everything's right. It's good. And all of a sudden things get weird. And I'm going to find me another church. This is too weird and I'm out. And you'll find every reason, every reason why this isn't, but I'm going to tell you what you're doing is seeing with the eyes of your mind and not seeing with the eyes of your heart. So heart, Yahweh, I just speak over this people. I speak over this people that the eyes of our heart is being opened. Lift your hands up. Receive this. Receive this. Be activators. It's not religious. Approach this thing with intensity. Approach this thing with thirst. Stop trying to figure out if you agree with every single thing and be led by the Spirit. Open your heart. Yahweh, I speak over this people. Open the eyes of our heart. Open the eyes of our heart. Let us see you. We want to see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Higher than any nation, higher than any higher than any government, higher than anybody that's ever been recognized and ruled. You are the alpha and the omega. You are the beginning and the end in my life and this nation. And we speak over Joe Biden. We, we ask for restoration of that man's mind. Come on, don't, no, 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 no. Come on, let that flow. Let that flow. I'm not here to be political this morning. I'm here to speak healing over a man's mind. I'm here to speak over Hunter Biden's heart and know that you're not a drug addict, that you are loved by the living God. Change the way that they think. Let the presence flow within them. I speak over Kamala Harris. I declare that life becomes the most important thing in your life. That life is the most important thing in your life. And you'll start to see life as sovereign. That generations of righteousness will come from your seed. That you'll start to flip what we thought was was right. You'll start to flip the way we see things, Yahweh. Let us change. Let us change. Open the eyes of our heart. Let us see how you see, Father. We speak over every democratic brother and sister and we just say, Yahweh, let an increase of your presence be known in their lives today. I don't care who you're voting with. Let the love of God be shed abroad in your heart. Yahweh, I speak over Donald Trump this morning. I speak over him that his shoulders will be squared, that he'll be able to carry this burden that he has on his his life. 
that he will not become political, but that he will be led by the Spirit, no matter if he's in office or he's not, that he will always use his influence to become your glory in this earth. I speak over Mike Pence that he doesn't just have this religious trained biblical knowledge, but he experiences the presence of your glory today, fresh and new. Let it hit him like a wave. Let us see you high and lifted up, Father. High and lifted up. You, you rule it all. And today we just come with, to you with worship. We come to you with praise. And we speak over this nation, Father. Like the waters cover the sea. Like the waters cover the sea. Let this be the impetus of this thing turning around. In every household, if we can see it, Father. In every household, you care about every heart those that are broken, those that are lowly, and those that are blind. We release them from their blindness. We release them from the darkness. Let light shine forth in this country. Let there be an increase of your presence and glory, Father. Keep, keep it up. Keep, keep just stirring this flame. Let's fan this flame this morning. I'm telling you, this is changing things. If you can see it, you are changing things right now. Things are shifting. Culture is shifting. Maybe in your own heart right now. Maybe just in this room. But I'm telling you, from this is the impetus. And it has all of the things needed to change the world around us. Thank you for listening. For more information on The Rock of Bay County, please go to therockofbc.org.